0: This episode is in memory of Maria, who enjoyed the occasional whiskey herself. <sighs> The Whisky Loving Tones and the microphone are brought to you by Inga Larissa and my whisky partner in crime Jennifer Rose. Yes indeed, whether you are a whisky newbie or have been around the whisky block for some time, buckle up for some whisky mischief as we delve deeper into scotch and explore whiskies from around the world.
1: You can keep up to date with our global whisky news in the Stick Your Nose in it section, and we hope you'll join us in raising a glass as we taste our drams and share
0: our honest opinions. And of course, we will be interviewing some whisky industry movers and shakers, as well as keeping those brains sharp in Whisky Sisters' Whisky Facts.
1: As always, we will be sharing our own whisky journey and invite you to come along for the ride. Whisky lovers, get your drums ready. Welcome to season two of Whisky Sisters, the podcast. So we are back, the Whisky Sisters back in the house. How does
0: it feel Jennifer? It feels about time. Do you know what Inka, like I'm gonna just admit it, I've been missing you, I've been missing our recording sessions, it's about time we were back. Have you had a good summer? Yes, it's been epic, epic, mm. epic. Loads of
1: music, lots of, oh it's been too hot as well to be honest, but like I don't know, there's
0: something calm about starting recording for the podcast again isn't it? Definitely. I've had some nice whiskey adventures during the summer and some good fun, but yeah, it's definitely time to be back to business. Yes, and I hope our listeners feel the same way. Yeah, I hope you've been crying into your pillows, missing <laughs> <us> so much, <laughs> and haven't found other podcasts to favour, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And maybe um, we should welcome any new listeners. Hello and welcome. We hope you will stay.
1: Yes, welcome. And we're glad you're joining our whiskey journey. So in this season of Whiskey Sisters, the podcast, we will be visiting Scotland's oldest working distillery, exploring the world of cigar malts, talking about terroir. We will review whiskey from Italy, Ireland, England, and other countries. And there will be some fabulous guests also.
0: And if that's not enough, today we are starting with an American whiskey. Indeed, today's episode is the perfect way to bring together two of Inca and i's biggest passions, whiskey and music. Just when you thought the whiskey world was mind-blowing enough, buckle up listeners, as we are going to be catching up with Rob Dietrich, master distiller, of Metallica's Blackened American Whiskey. We'll be finding out
1: how he ended up with the possibly the coolest job in the universe. <laughs> and all things Blackened. And make sure you listen all the way through to our Tram on Fire section to find out how you can get yourself a sample of Blackened. But first, let's stick our noses into latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. Team Beam owner Beam Sundry has revealed further details of its distillery expansion in Kentucky, which will increase the production by 50%. They are investing a whopping 400 million US dollars. Ooh, ah. they are splashing the cash. <laughs> For sure. Um, the expansion is expected to be completed by 2024 and create more than 50 full-time jobs. Great news. And Beam Santory said that the pro- project would also reduce the distillery's greenhouse gas emissions by 50%. Excellent. Cool.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. And a very quick news flash about Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. The owner of the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society saw revenue climb by a quarter in the first six months of 2022, led by significant growth in the UK, Europe, and China. The company noted robust growth in its European membership, which went up by 33% since the launch of the new EU route to market at the end of 2021. Do you think it's got something to do with our episode on the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, Inca? <laughs> yeah, definitely. 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 Yeah, for those who aren't familiar with the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, SMWS, it is a membership organisation which bottles and sells single cask, single malt whiskey with with totally funky names and other spirits from more than 20 countries. More info about the society, listen back on to episode 14. Whiskey Sisters! Blackened American Whiskey launched in 2018 as a collaboration between Metallica and master distiller, Dave Pickerel. Dave was behind brands such as Whistlepig and Hill Rock Estate, but Dave sadly passed away shortly after the launch in late 2018. Such a sad time for everybody within the industry. It was then that master distiller, Rob Dietrich, joined the team as guardian of Dave's legacy blend.
1: It is a blend of straight whiskies, and once blended, it is finished in black brandy casks straight whiskey basically means that the spirit has been matured minimum of two years straight whiskey can be made of mixture of straight whiskies from the same state and if spirits from other states are used the whiskey must be labeled as blended so it could oh. be blended straight whiskey.
0: Ah, oh, cool and whiskey EY let's not forget when we're in yeah. America. Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to discuss so let's go straight to the interview with Whiskey Rob.
1: Rob Dietrich. So welcome Rob and we are so glad you could join us today.
2: Very pleased to join you that's very exciting.
1: So before we hear more about and American whiskey could you just share a little bit more about your whiskey journey and how did you end up working in, in whiskey?
2: You know it's it's interesting I've had a very uh a, uh, a very storied career I think in, in a lot of a lot of different ways. I know i have a background from the military to the the music industry music was always my passion first and that's why once i discovered that you could actually work in the music business that was that was for me it was the most exciting thing uh on the planet until i discovered that you can make whiskey and then (laughs) that, that changed everything i you know my my original job in the Whiskey uh, industry in the in the spirits industry was because of motorcycles. I had a motorcycle that my friend and I were building. It was a an old Czechoslovakian bike called a Jawa. We were we were working with alternative fuel, starting it on diesel, and then we could then we could transfer it over to vegetable oil. And that was so. I was in the alternative fuel, and I met the um, the original owner and distiller for Stranahan's Colorado whiskey. Um, it's a single malt here in Colorado, and he had a motorcycle that he was working on to run off of the heads, which is the the waste product from the from the distillation process. And uh, for one, I was like, "Oh, that's an awesome idea!" And two, I was like, "You have a distillery? <laughs> I want to see this place." So, <laughs> um, and so we started working on motorcycles at the distillery. And I, as soon as I walked in and I saw that eight hundred gallon pot still, I need to know how to do this. I have to know how to yeah, do this. Yeah. So I. I started working out on the bottling line there, and then working the night shift from 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. I did that for like four years straight because I, I just I wanted to learn, and I convinced him mm-hmm. to add another mm-hmm. shift um, because they only had two shifts, and I was like, well, you could add two to three more barrels of whiskey a week if you add one more shift. I love compared- that
0: you hustled and got a shift. I
2: totally hustled <laughs> it. Totally hustled it. I started to learn my palate and playing around with blending. And, you know, what I think is great is that anyone can really start. If you're focusing on it, you can learn how to do that. You take any whiskey and start to blend them together and see what you come up with.
0: Yeah. And I love that you've worked like from the grassroots up, you know, really kind of earned your stripes through the industry. Rob, we understand you get the dream job at Blackend after going through various interviews, including an interview with Metallica themselves at Metallica HQ. Yes. They seem like so passionate and invested in the integrity of Blackend. As a quality product, and we imagine that it was like so important for them to get the right fit to be Dave's successor. So we would love for you to tell us about that process for you and being selected as the man.
2: You know, and that's it was such an awesome journey. I was so excited to um, to get that call. You know, I'd known Dave. I know him very well. You know, we're we're a small community, Ah. distilling community. We all know each other. We've all worked together or side by side, or we've been on a whiskey panel together at some point. I was actually at the event in um, San Francisco where Dave passed away. And it was oh. you know, a very sad moment for for our entire community. It was hard to, to see one of our own to go. And that was in November of 2018 and then December of that same year, I was at Whiskey Fest, New York, and I, I went over to the Blacken booth to offer my condolences to to everyone there. And that was when the, the director of sales said, he goes, he, he said, I love everything you're doing at, at Stranahan's is that you have this rock and roll background. He goes, I think you would be a perfect fit. Would absolutely. you absolutely? interested in, in, in uh, interviewing? and I was like of course absolutely <laughs> okay. um, yes and you know it was my understanding at the time that they they were looking at about 10 different distillers i got the call in february to 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 go do the interview and i was i was ecstatic it was it was just such a cool um, uh, experience but i i did several interviews and every time i did an interview they were they were saying okay well, we're we're narrowing it down to, from 10 to 6 now there's 6 you know so i am I kept thinking, I felt like I was like on American Idol or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, whiskey Um, idol.
2: And then the final interview was at uh, Metallica HQ in California. I was excited about it. And and in my mind, you know, at that point, I think there were, I'd heard there were, there were three distillers that they were looking at. And I I made up my mind that, you know, it it doesn't matter if I get this job. Mm. Just having this experience in itself is going to be a fun experience and just go with it and and be okay with the outcome. You know, it is what it is and, and just be yourself. And uh, and so I rented a car in Portland, Oregon, and I drove down the coast all the way uh, down the, the West Coast on a road trip. Listen to Metallica the entire way, <laughs> of course. And, <laughs> yes. uh, I originally wanted to rent a, a Harley, uh, but I I just got a cold, and I didn't. I was on a lot of like uh, cold medicine, so I didn't want to. try <laughs> you know, riding two wheels. I interviewed with the band each each individual. Um, band member starting with Rob, rupture Hugh he is such a sweetheart of a, of a human being. And he's such a badass too. Like you, you see, when you see him play, he's like, uh, he's just got that, that, that's that surf vibe really great talking with him. And then I, um, you know, and that was James, uh, James Hetfield, we were talking immediately found we had a mutual love of, of vintage motorcycles Yay.
0: and, and <laughs> cars,
2: vintage cars. And, um, he asked me about my military career. He said, I understand you're a combat veteran. And yeah, I am. And he said, well, I have something for you. And he stood up and he reached into his pocket and he pulled out the coin and the way you give a, a challenge coin is is through a handshake and a challenge coin is um uh, in the military is, is you know mm-hmm. if you've achieved something or, or you've been a part of a, a special unit or something you, mm-hmm. you get a challenge coin and you you receive it through a handshake so he he reached out his hand and gave me the handshake and i looked down and there was this coin it's a metallica coin that says i am family give me this hug and i was like ah! <laughs> oh
1: my god
0: that's amazing <laughs> it
2: was, It was such a cool experience. That's the best job interview I've ever had in my my life. Oh, my God.
0: Goosebumps.
2: Yes, I still get goosebumps from it. And they're just so passionate about what they they do. And it's really important for them to to have someone uh, as part of their family who's just as passionate about making the whiskey as they are about making music.
0: Definitely, and that seems so heartfelt, so personal, and that's the impression you get, you know, as somebody kind of looking in, and that's cool to hear uh-huh. that was your experience. That sounds amazing.
1: How involved are they actually in the making of the whiskey itself?
2: I think, you know, initially, when they came up with the idea to release a whiskey, that the idea really came from their, their fans. They reached out to their fan base and, and said, hey you know if we were going to do a spirit we were going to release a spirit what would you want to drink and hands down it was whiskey you know they recognize that this is a way to connect to their fans so they
0: i love that i didn't know that
2: yeah, and it's amazing, and I, and I do love how passionate they are about their, their fans, the fan base, and and how it's you know it's vice versa that they're very loyal to their fans, and the fans are very loyal to them. They didn't want to just go to a large whiskey company and ask them to to make a, a Metallica line and just slap a Metallica label on it. It was really important that they own the whiskey outright, and yeah. that it is a whiskey that can stand on its own and a force to be reckoned with in the whiskey world. Really made the great decision to to work with Dave Pickerel. Uh, originally, because, you know, he, he is such a fantastic whiskey maker. And, you know, he was well known in the craft distilling community in, in, here in the US. And I think that was, you know, that was the most important thing that they could do was start out making something that was that was quality. So as far as what kind of whiskey to your question, Nika, is that they they really left that up to Dave, you know, Dave knew all these different people in the whiskey community and and an understanding that that you could take some of the best whiskeys on the planet and blend them together to create something phenomenal
1: could you tell us then what actually goes into blackened
2: yes so we are a blend of bourbon and rye it's a little bourbon forward um so bourbon being uh by definition 51 percent corn um and then the rest could be more corn or rye or barley and then the rye, is, um we have a we have a couple of different rye whiskeys in there so one is a 95 percent rye. so you get a really I, I i love i love a really spicy earthy rye i feel like i love the intensity of it yeah.
1: literally just before the call i i was sipping some blackened with. But- Jen and I was saying like oh I just love the spiciness and the earthiness that kind of herbal that comes through the sweetness
2: and and the the beauty about that is now you've, you're taking these two beautiful whiskeys you're you're blending them together and then doing a cask finish which is one of the things that I had gotten you know a reputation for at Stranahan's was doing these these specialty releases of, of cask finish whiskeys doing a cask finish in brandy casks and allowing that kind of that darker fruit note to really kind of like tie the two Um, whiskeys together, that, that, that spiciness and earthiness of the rye, the sweetness of the, of the bourbon. And then the the, kind of that dark fruit note in the middle, which really just, uh, it creates those, those layers. When I start out to, to make a blend, I've always kind of look at it in three, like three points. You have the beginning, middle and end, Mm -hmm. and then layers in between. And then you want that, that, that final finish. It's like a, it's like a three act play. You know, you <laughs> drawing your your paladin.
0: It's a real journey, isn't it? It is. We all have some in our glass just now. It might be helpful to say to our listeners. And mm-hmm. I was just saying how easily it's going down.
2: There's an artistry in finding balance in in, in blending like that.
0: So you mentioned the black brandy
1: casks. Are they from Spain? I believe.
2: They, they originally were, yes. Um, okay. We're, we're, we're no longer using Spanish Spanish brandy casks just because, to be honest, like COVID really kind of slowed down those avenues of being able to readily purchase barrels and get them in a, in a timely manner. So we, we were able to find a brandy that I that I felt was phenomenal that we uh, uh, were able to procure their casks and use them. Okay. And so I feel like uh, that was a, a tactical move and, and a ne- and, and a move out of necessity and, and not... Uh, in any way compromising the original yeah. flavor profile. Yeah,
1: because yeah. on the bottle it says black brandy casks. What I was trying to find information about the black brandy, I didn't quite find. So, would you be able to explain a bit more about that? That is
2: a great question. Um, <laughs> I, get, I get asked that a lot because it, it is a that's um, a term that that Dave. Uh, Pickerel originally coined about the brandy casks um, particularly Spanish brandy you know the depth of color and darkness of it he called it black brandy um, although there there is no real official term <laughs> for it and I think uh, it just uh, I think it was a cool term that he came up with
1: okay
0: <laughs> that makes, that makes sense. it yeah why well, you couldn't find anything on it but it nice, goes with yeah. the branding so Exactly. And Rob, there's no age statement on the bottles. Are you able to give us any information on aging times? You know, can you let us into some Whiskey Rob blending secret?
2: So the age, uh, so uh, American legal standards, Mm -hmm. if it is... Older than four years, you okay. don't have to put the age statement on the bottle. If it's younger than four years, you you have to put um, the, the age statement on there. And and I, especially with a blend, I have different ages, so it's going to be an average of those ages and not necessarily um, one specific age. Yeah. Uh, because of um, because we are an American blended whiskey, so that is um, an average of right now. It's about an average of, of seven year in white American oak, first fill white American oak with a number three char. Especially um, with your explorations into in, in Scotch. Uh, understanding that second-use barrels, you're going to have a lot more delicate colors and delicate flavors in a scotch, a lot lighter in color. And, you know, if it's a 12-year scotch, that's 12 years in a used barrel, whereas in a brand-new barrel, you know, it takes less time to extract the flavor out of out of the wood. So yeah. age is really kind of relative depending on the, the process that you're using.
0: Older doesn't necessarily mean better either.
2: Age does not always reflect maturity.
0: No,
1: <laughs> and it really depends on the locations and the temperatures and there's so many things that <laughs> contribute to whiskey so
2: it, it, you're exactly right it's it, um, so many factors for example Colorado where i'm at um, we're at 5000 know, 5280 5280 feet above sea level and and it's a, and it, we're considered a, a high desert so high altitude dry climate the evaporation in a barrel will happen so water molecules are smaller than alcohol molecules so they'll mm-hmm. actually evaporate out of the barrel before alcohol, so you'll lose volume, but the proof will go up in in the mm-hmm. barrel. At this, at least in this environment, then yeah. you have Kentucky, which is a very humid environment and right. um, also very hot, um, which is a great temperature for aging. Uh, for example, like um, rum you know, like in Trinidad or Jamaica, mm-hmm. uh, that environment's kind of perfect. It's very tropical, right. there's warmth. You know, it's a great environment for a barrel.
1: Okay, what is Black Noise?
2: Ah, great question. You know, the, the idea originally came from from Dave... Uh, when he was a cadet at um, West Point, uh, which is the officer's school in the army. And uh, and he, he met the owner of, or the, the caretaker for the, the cathedral there. They had a huge cathedral with this huge pipe organ. And the guy showed him this note where when he played it, the whole building would vibrate. Uh-huh. And, it, and it stuck with him that you maybe there's a way to use sound inside the barrel and see if it actually creates a change, and that was what. So, and obviously, with the the, the loudest, uh, heaviest metal band on the planet using their their wall of sound seemed like a, a great idea to to try and play around with. So the concept um, when. They were first looking into it i've done the same research and development i actually just finished a, another uh, research project with the sound company that we use that creates that wall of sound for metallica they're out of california their name is meyer sound wow. and they created a proprietary device that we use to uh, play low frequency music of course metallica music to the barrels and so doing that when you have low frequency you think about you think about it like a bass like the, the sound of a bass um, if you're if you at a concert and you're walking in front of a speaker and you feel that vibration in your chest, that, yeah. that, the movement, um, that's what we're we set out to replicate inside the barrel. So in nor- normal aging during the heat of the day, the pores of the wood will open up, the whiskey will move into the wood and 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 pick up all those flavors, and then at the when it's cold at night, it expresses it back out into the belly. Uh, when you char. The inside of a barrel, it, you get all those natural sugars. The vanillins create a caramelized band of sugar mm-hmm. that the, the whiskey is moving in and out of and, and picking up naturally. Now, when you're applying the black noise, sonic enhancement process, you're now creating this vibration. You're making that motion, yeah. you're making that movement. Mm-hmm. Every time it's 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 got that motion and movement and it's, that's, that's going in and out of the wood, it's going to change and pick up different elements. We applied some science to this initially because we really wanted to see what it was mm-hmm. what was happening inside the barrel. So we, we had three barrels that were all the same whiskey, same age, and we took two of the barrels and had them in the sonic enhancements. And then the, the third barrel we had in a separate room with no sonic enhancement to it. And we were taking samples from it incrementally at the same time, all the way through the process. And so we were able to pinpoint exactly what changes were going on inside the barrel. For example, there are nine different uh, flavor profile markers that you're looking for. Uh, the oak aroma panel. Uh, so nine different flavor profiles that you that you discover that you find in the wood every single one of those those aspects were elevated and are proof that the black noise process works which is why we patented the we trademarked the name black noise and and have a patent pending on the on our process and on the equipment that we use
1: okay so i guess that's why the finishing period is fairly short because two to ten weeks. Oh, I don't know, maybe I'm just like comparing to Scotch a little bit here. But yeah, so I can see you would get much more flavors by using that noise.
2: Uh, correct. And depending on how how fresh my brandy barrels are, that's really going to reflect on how long it's going to be in those barrels. You know, if they're, they're fresh, yeah. then it might only need two weeks. But I'm always, you know, tasting it through its process to ensure that uh, we're not over-finishing um, or mm-hmm. under-finishing.
0: It's such a cool concept completely. And it makes so much sense. The agitation of the liquid, you know, has a completely different flavor profile. And as well, just, you know, imagining the process happening. It's just like, it's scientific, but it's also kind of magical and cool. It is. It's
2: amazing what you can do with uh, with a finishing barrel. Most recent release, uh, the, the, the Rye the Lightning, where I took all rye whiskey Uh, in Madeira casks and then uh, removed it from the Madeira casks and then did a cask finish in rum casks.
1: Well, I was just gonna ask about other casks you've been using. And you just mentioned the Madeira and RAM and just uh oh, sounds amazing. We <laughs> I mean, were actually trying to get our hands on a bottle of Rider Lightning, but we couldn't do it just yet.
0: Rob, with you and Metallic at the wheel, we imagine like with that creative energy and that dedication to quality in so many different ways, we imagine there is a lot more to come, although Blackened is already award-winning, and congratulations for that. What is next for Blackened?
2: You know, this is what I think is, is fun about, one, working with artists. They understand the need and space for creativity. And, exactly. And, and that really is exciting. I have, I have some projects I've been working on that it's really kind of like, okay, it doesn't matter how bizarre um, or how extreme – I'm just going to do it and either it gets picked up or it doesn't. You know, so that's, that's the fun part is just playing. I'm like a, you know, like a kid in a toy chest, you know, (laughs) know, like I'm I'm able to like just start playing around with different ideas and different concepts. We have the masters of whiskey series where I've been doing a collaboration with other master distillers. uh, And we did that. uh, We released one last year I did with uh, Willet whiskey and Drew Colesveen is the master distiller for Willet, And we worked together, had a had a blast um, creating a, a, a limited, release i'm working with another master distiller this year uh, for a limited release that's going to come out uh in the fall um i have another really exciting project that i've been working on for for two years and um and i can't say anything about it yet, but, um, <laughs> Roll, uh, but come on. later this year you know because there's there's so many ways traditionally to make whiskey but you know now we have all this modern technology that we can play around with and why not you know why not Let's see-
0: shake it up a bit Yes, exactly. <laughs> so
1: I read that before you got involved with Blackened, you had a Mezcal brand in the works and I love Mezcal. So I was just wondering if this is something that you might do at some point. That, you know, could, be, you a, go that back. could
2: be a possibility. I've um I am very, very passionate about Mezcal. I love I love Mezcal. I love that smokiness. I feel like mezcal is the the scotch of the tequila world. You know yeah, it's like a, a, a smoky. <laughs> smoky, yeah. kind of almost like peaty flavors to it. and I, I know. Uh,
1: Maybe you could finish some blackened in a mezcal cask.
2: <laughs> right, yeah. We've, we've talked about that. You know, there's, there's certainly ideas around that.
0: Talking of concepts, Rob, we hear that you like a cigar and have been known to enjoy a catch-up over a cigar with James Hetfield. How do you find that blackened pairs with cigars? And would you even would you ever consider making a kind of cigar blend?
2: Definitely I I I for one, to you know, answer your first question, the the cigars go great with, with blackened. I I love darker tobacco. I don't really like like the spicier cigars. I definitely like the darker style and in that works perfectly with all those cacophony of flavor uh, from from Blackend. You know, there's all those little beautiful, delicate notes in there and having a a good cigar with it um, pairs very well. And as far as making like a cigar blend, I think it's always in the back of my head anyway. Like when I'm making a a whiskey that, you know, is this going to be something I'm going to enjoy with a cigar? Or uh, I do have some ideas.
1: So what's the best way to drink Blackened? And like, how do you you drink it?
2: Um, I prefer a glass. Um, you know, it's it's much harder if it's just cupped in your hand. So <laughs> I, uh, I, that's the. Uh, from the uh, I I prefer I prefer if I'm tasting a whiskey, and that's that goes for really any whiskey, but you know specifically blackened. I I prefer drinking it neat. Glencairn is always just a, such a great glass for nosing. Yeah. I always start out with nosing a whiskey if if I'm trying it for the first time, or or even for blending. If I'm blending several whiskies, I will nose all the whiskeys first before I won't taste them and I'll nose them s- several times. And then I'll get an idea of what's probably gonna work. And then I'll taste those whiskies and then and start working on my my blend on how you know how that works. I, I joke a lot people ask me if you know what's your what's your favorite cocktail and my my favorite cocktail is 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 blackened whiskey and ice. <laughs>
0: that's
2: my, that's my yeah. cocktail. If I'm gonna get fancy uh, but I do, I do enjoy, you know, an old-fashioned or, or those type of things.
1: So we mentioned earlier as well that Blackend is unfortunately not available in Europe just yet. Where is it available, and do you have plans to expand into our neck of the woods as well?
2: We we definitely do. Um, that is, we we get requests all the time to to go you know, to the international markets. We are currently expanding in Canada and Australia.
0: So we'd like to ask you your dream dram, which is your celebrity, dead and alive, that you would share a whiskey with and three sipping songs to have a soundtrack to that amazing sharing of a whiskey.
2: That is a great uh, great question a great layered question if they're living i still have time to go have a dram with them so I, I feel like i have to choose someone that's dead because for sure i still have an opportunity i still have a chance
0: yeah they so. might be backstage at metallica <laughs> right
2: exactly so i might still have an opportunity to so i'm, I'm gonna go with uh it'd have to be lemmy kilmeister it would have to be lemmy pulling up in a rat rod with anthony bourdain in the back
0: oh, and- yeah.
2: You'd have to, you'd have to be like he's got this rat rod. You'd have to be like Anthony Bourdain in the back of the rat rod and and Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, I,
0: think,
2: I, I know I'm cheating because I know you only asked me one che- person.
0: You're you're the master distiller at Black, and you can say whatever you want, Rob.
2: Well, I think so. Let <laughs> it's Lemmy driving a rat rod with Anthony Bourdain and, and Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, <laughs> amazing,
0: but talk to us about the songs because that is maybe a tough question. Of that VLBR. is a tough
2: question, and, and, and I'm. I'm definitely a mood person. I think like most people are, like, what what's your mood at, at what time of day? Mm-hmm. I would say one of my favorite songs, um, this is a song that we, was kind of our anthem when I was in the Army uh, overseas, uh, was uh, Rooster from Alice in Chains. I absolutely love that song. Oh, um, amazing. I um, For years, my ringtone on my phone was... Um, Rock the Casbah by the Clash. And I just I think that's a that's a song that you just can't help but like you immediately just start, you know, Rock the Casbah. <laughs> the shoulders are going, right? No, third song. I feel like anything from Motorhead, you know, that's not the name of the song, just like any song from Motorhead. <laughs> yeah.
0: And if I'm right, I believe that without Motorhead, there would be no Metallica because it was such a strong influence. Totally agree. Like, not to judge our previous guests, but that's got to be the (laughs) coolest answer, Inca, right? (laughs) I know. Now, Rob, I'm glad you're sitting down, okay? Because I need you to brace yourself. You're part of the Metallica family. You're a whiskey rock star in your own right. But let's just listen to this. You're now part of the Whiskey Sister family.
2: Yay! Excellent.
0: In, in honour of that, we're going to be sending you a little bit of cheeky merchandise. When I say merchandise, you know it's on the lower end of the spectrum. Don't get too excited, right? But we are honestly so honoured to have you on our podcast.
2: Excellent. Well, cheers, uh, ladies. It's such an honour to be able to spend some time with you, talking all things whiskey and and black and blackened whiskey. I um I look forward to the day when we can actually share one in person and uh, and really. Uh, dive deep on 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 everything whiskey
1: dram on fire
0: dram on fire it's back <laughs> yes yeah, it's time for us to like stick our noses not only into the news but in these delicious whiskey glasses well we've got slightly different batch numbers haven't we enka i'm i'm sipping from batch number one two five yeah so my batch
1: number is one two seven which actually oh, well, each batch they have the playlist so this playlist of my bottle was selected by now no other than James Hetfield himself. Oh, (gasps) so
0: lucky. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's the first song of the playlist and I was listening to it when I was sipping this. I'm not going to
0: lie. I'm a little bit jealous of your playlist because my playlist for 125 is good, but it's not as good as yours. Not going to lie. What? I love your playlist. (laughs) 125. Well, it's
1: like there's fuel.
0: Seek and destroy. Which is one. Which is yeah, they're they're pretty epic tunes. Quick um quick gen whiskey fact when it comes to uh James Hetfield, it's not a whiskey fact at all. And it's a digression. Did I tell you about the dream I had about James Hetfield? (laughs) Oh, I picture the scene, right? So it was in in the UK we call it a caravan. I think in the States you call it like a trailer from a trailer park, right? So in the dream I'm in this like, caravan with James Hetfield. There's a lot of people there. And then I'm like, oh, that's James Hetfield from Metallica. And then I'm like, play it cool, play it cool. I swear to goodness, right, I went into my handbag. I took out a wooden pen and said, hey, James, do you like my pen? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so cool.
0: Yeah. And he said, no. Oh, no. And oh. see, when I woke up, car, I was like, Jen, You had one dream chance to meet James Hetfield and you blew it. Like, do you like my pen? Our listeners are here for the whiskey, not necessarily for the
1: metal. Yes. The colour is, I would say, nice, dark, golden,
0: quite. I would say it's like dark honey. Yeah, I would say it's a dark, ambery, honey, golden. Yeah, yeah. So on the nose, like, I'll be honest, Inca, like, I was kind of worried that I would go nose blind just because I love Metallica so much. And I thought, no, like, properly nose it. So I have been doing.
1: Yeah. And I, I think I did struggle at first a little bit. Like, I couldn't. It was It was very mellow and just quite sweet. But I left it in the glass again just to
0: breathe a little bit. And now I can definitely get much more. Definitely. So I think there's really lovely sweetness on the nose, not an overpowering sickly sweetness, maybe some tones of honey, like a wee candy called Maltesers. And it's like a a light malted biscuit with milk chocolate on the outside. And I was getting that kind of nice, malty, mildly honeycombed sweetness.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking vanilla wafers. Oh, yeah. You could definitely get the dried fruits from the brandy. Maybe even there's some sort of freshness cutting through the sweetness, which made me think of red currants or
0: some sort of red fruit
1: that's not super sweet.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree on that, the red berries. And although I was struggling to pinpoint, I was feeling some sort of citrusy. I wanted to say orange, but it didn't feel quite orange.
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely some sort of citrusy thing going on there. Yeah,
0: really nice on the nose. I've not really tried many sort of American whiskies, And I was like, hmm, I could be getting used to this. Do you enjoy yeah. it on the nose?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. On the palate, I think the initial feeling is quite soft, quite rounded. There's no burn. It goes down very smoothly, doesn't it? And there's that Mm -hmm. nice spice kick, I think, you know. So this is the rye, it's bourbon and rye mix. Yeah. You definitely have that kick from the rye, but
0: not like intrusive. Not overpoweringly so, is it? No, white pepper came to mind. I would agree with the white pepper and maybe some like candied peel. But again, a really lovely, quite mellow sweetness for me. Not an overpowering.
1: Definitely that sweetness of caramel or maybe even that Malteser that you mentioned earlier, that kind of milk chocolatey caramel, something soft and sweet but again, not super duper. And I don't know, like now that you mentioned the citrus, I'm thinking, oh, maybe I'm getting a little bit of citrus on the, on the finish together with some woodiness.
0: I was just gonna say, Inka, what about the woodiness? Because as I let this sit and settle on the finish, I'm getting a really lovely woodiness come through. But like, see my excited self. I'm like thinking, Oh, Lars Ulrich's drumsticks, oh, clips woody <laughs> drumsticks. And then I'm like, right, chill out. No, because it's like quite a, you know, that oaky deep woodiness that gives we were talking with Rob. Uh, like a bit earlier about ageing and age statements not always, you know, it's not all about age it's about quality, but you know that kind of like aged lovely woodiness I don't know if that, if that makes sense to you but I'm getting that uh,
1: Virgin oak, so obviously there's quite a lot of influence and then, I I've, don't know, the lemony. like I'm getting lemon or something on the finish now as well
0: There's definitely something citrusy I'm finding it shockingly easy to drink that I would need to be careful with my house <laughs> measures of blackened no, oh, no. This is funny because
1: I've been so focused on single molds. so I've not been drinking too many American whiskeys and always kind of thinking that they are too sweet for me. I, yeah, I'm I'm quite is this, surprised.
0: That's changing your mind on that, would you say, Anka?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I can see like maybe some of our listeners might think, oh, you guys are biased because you love yeah. Metallica and all that kind of stuff. But I think, I think it's tot- a really nice whiskey.
0: I agree, Inka. I think it totally stands alone. Like, even though I was super curious and excited to try it, I, I'm quite surprised at how much I enjoy the dram in its own right. I think it's really, really nice.
1: Yeah. And to be fair, like, we are normally honest on, like, you know, <laughs> we do say if something
0: is not up <laughs> to our standards, so. We're not shy with our tasting <laughs> notes. No. see if you were a spirit. it. <laughs> Like, how exciting would it be to have been blasted with the Metallica vibrations?
1: Maybe we could make a pin for you from the old cast. that have been (laughs) vibrated with Metallica music.
0: Show it to James. Do you like this one, James? Oh, hey, one more thing, Inca. Like, just quickly talking to Metallica. All the episodes won't be like this, but you know when we went to see them? Yeah. How amazing was it?
1: So amazing.
0: So amazing. And if there are any reports from Florence of two women running hand-in-hand shouting, we want Lars, that wasn't (sighs) us. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha!
1: Yeah, definitely not
0: <laughs> <laughs> So because Blackened is not available in Europe yet We thought we would send a few of our listeners a sample So you know exactly what we are talking about Simply send us a DM to let us know you have listened to the episode we will choose two people within the EU And I will select two within the UK And we will pop those cheeky samples in the post to you
1: We want to share our whiskey journey with you So at least this way some of you get the sample Blackened as well And hopefully it will be available for the wider audience soon
0: enough.
2: Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact.
0: Enka, I hear you've discovered the secrets of bourbon for today's episode. Many wants to actually think that
1: bourbon whiskey was named after bourbon county. And that kind of makes sense because a lot of bourbon is made in the area. Yeah. However, people were referring to bourbon whiskey well before bourbon county or the old bourbon region were incorporated. Oh, really? Yes, and there's this guy, this bourbon historian, Mike Beach, has done a great deal of research on the subject. I would like to believe his version considering that Michael was inducted into the Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame in 2006. He's also written and contributed to five books about the subject and he's a bourbon historian, so you know, I think he knows his stuff.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: He has discovered bourbon labels that originated in the 1850s and the claim that bourbon was named after Bourbon County doesn't actually appear in print until 1870s. Oh. Mm. His theory is that the name Bourbon originated in New Orleans and was popularized by Bourbon Street. must have heard Bourbon Street.
0: No way, yeah, absolutely.
1: So the story began when two men, the Tarascon brothers, relocated from Cognac, France, Mm -hmm. to Louisville. The brothers had a plan to win over the French-leaning residents of New Orleans. At the time, Cognac was popular in the city, but also expensive. And by aging a Kentucky whiskey in charred oak barrels, the brothers believed that the whiskey would taste more like the cognac that the French Louisiana residents preferred and asked, asked it by name, like, oh, can I have the Bourbon Street whiskey or so on? And Bourbon Street is actually older than bourbon whiskey itself. Wow. It gets even, yeah, if you dig even deeper, there's just so much more to it. Mm-hmm. So Elia Craig is credited with inventing bourbon in about 1789. Whoa. And that was uh, 68 years after royal engineer, Adrian de Bourgeur, I don't know, it's a friend's name, so I'm not very good with that, named Rue Bourbon after French dynasty, the House of Bourbon. Like even that is really cool. House of Bourbon dynasty from France, like I'm thinking House of Gucci movie like there has to, someone should make a movie
0: about this. I want to be from House of Something.
1: The friends had claimed Louisiana in the 1690s and kept it until the US gained control of it in 1803 with the Louisiana Purchase and translated the street names into English, making Rue Bourbon, Bourbon Street. Do you know
0: what? That's an
1: amazing story
0: actually and all those layers of the history.
1: Yeah, so basically, to summarize, so Bourbon Street was named after the French dynasty mm-hmm. and then those two, like, friends' brothers started to create whiskey in that area
0: and that's where it came from. What a legacy, what a whiskey fact that is.
2: I'm Rob Dietrich, the master distiller and blender for Blackened American Whiskey, and you've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast.
0: Well, that's a wrap for the first episode of the season. But in next week's episode, we will be giving you all the details about our visit to Scotland's oldest working distillery, Glen Turret, and talking about the French. The distillery is now owned by a French company and they have created one luxurious experience. And we will also be reviewing a few samples from Glen Turret. So get yourself a good measure of Glen Turret Highland Single Malt and join us next Wednesday. Meanwhile, listeners, old and new. You can keep up to date with all things Whiskey Sisters on our Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, Twitter at Whiskey Sisters and Facebook at Whiskey Sisters Podcast. And you might want to be checking out those social media channels if you've not already, because we've got a rather swanky promo video that you don't want to miss.
1: Don't forget to send us those DMs that you've listened to this episode and we know that you want to try some plaquins, so we will both
0: choose two people. We sure will. And don't be shy, listeners, with those Apple reviews. If they're five star, get a typing. If they're lower, don't waste your time. Just have another dram. Yeah,
1: exactly. Or <laughs> listen to another episode and see if you'd like that one.
0: <laughs> May your class be full and your dram on fire. Bye, Jennifer. Bye, Anka.